Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to this new car special. Today, we have a new Ford. A new Ford that came out based on the Ranger recently. And it, it looks like the new Ranger. However, though, I actually like it more than the new Ranger, which is weird because it has pretty much the same face. I don't love the face, but I like it more here than I do on the Ranger. Again, I don't get that. I am, of course, talking about the 2023 Ford Everest. The new Ranger-based SUV is bigger, comfier, and more capable. Let's get into it. The latest generation 2023 Ford Everest has just been unveiled and promises to be more capable than the outgoing model. Detailed here for the Australian market, but also said to be offered in countries throughout Asia, throughout Asia, Pacific, and Africa, but not to Europe or North America, the new Everest has a longer wheelbase and a 50mm or 1.9-inch wider track than the outgoing model. Ford says the track was widened to make the Everest more enjoyable to drive around town and on the highway. That's not to say improvements haven't also been made to its off-road capabilities, however. All 2023 Everest models come outfitted with underbody protection, a rear-locking differential, selectable off-road drive modes, and two functional tow hooks at the front. The Everest also offers 800 millimeters or 31.4 inches of weighting depth and have, been up and have been equipped with a host of upgrades designed to make towing easier than ever before. Ford plans to offer an array of off-road accessories for the new Everest co-developed with ARB, actually. They've got an image. They've got an image of a, a press image of an Everest here, and it's got it's got this massive like pol police. Oh, what would it be? like police style push bar on the front with massive spotlights i don't see a winch but it could probably fit a winch it's actually really cool i like it a lot it makes me think of it makes me think of like a toyota land cruiser i like it i like it a lot actually for example an optional tow pack is available that boasts an integrated trailer brake controller and offers 3500 kilograms or 7716 pounds of towing capacity that is getting with the program there is also a dedicated tow haul drive mode to optimize gear shift timing to maintain ideal power delivery and engine braking when carrying loads, plus a camera to help owners guide their SUV into position when connecting a trailer. Powertrains and transmissions. Two engines will be offered for the Australian market, a 2-liter bi-turbo diesel, 2-liter bi-turbo diesel 4-cylinder, and a 3-liter turbo diesel V6, both of which are coupled to the 10-speed automatic transmission Ford typically uses. Power and torque numbers for these engines haven't been announced, but we know the entry-level Ambiente and Trend variants, that, that's a bit of a bad name, will be offered with rear-wheel drive, while other variants have a permanent four-wheel drive system that uses an automatically controlled on-demand two-speed electromechanical transfer case. Interior and tech. In addition to redesigning the exterior of the Everest, Ford's design team has also overhauled the interior. Immediately catching the eye is a large portrait-oriented infotainment screen measuring 10.1 inches in the Ambiente model and 12 inches in the Trend, Sport, and Platinum models. In addition, Ambiente, Trend, and Sport variants have an 8-inch digital instrument cluster while the Platinum has a larger 12.4-inch display. The screens are running Ford's latest Sync 4A system. Other key interior features include wireless phone charging while the Sport and Platinum have heated and ventilated front seats. Buyers of the flagship Platinum can also enjoy a 10-way power adjust, adjustment and memory driver's seat, as well as heated second-row seats and a heated steering wheel. The second-row slides with a 60-40 split seat back, while Platinum models have a 50-50 split, split third-row that can be folded with a touch of a button. 
a host of safety features also come standard. For example, the 2023 Everest sports no less than nine airbags, including a center airbag positioned between the driver and front passenger. Other features include Ford's intelligent adaptive, adaptive cruise control system with lane centering, stop and go, and evasive steer assist. Also new is a reverse brake assist function, pre-collision assist with intersection functionality, and a blind spot information system with trailer coverage. Ford said that pricing and availability details will be announced at a later stage. With all the hard stats out of the way, let's get into the looks. If I can find, I think the image I had just seen there was of a lower model. So let me get something that's, no, that's platinum. That's not mid-range. I was hoping to find find a press image that had a, mis, a mid-range, sorry, a mid-range model. Okay, that seems to be fairly mid-range. So, from, so generally from the front, like I said, I like it more than the Ranger, which is weird because it pretty much has the same face except for maybe the lower grille. It's got that Maverick look. Where they have where Ford has that bar that kind of intersects the headlight and the headlight wraps around that. Again, same thing from the Ranger, same thing from the Maverick. But for some reason, I like it a little more here. Maybe it's because of the lower of the lower grill. It gives it more of a face rather than I don't know. It's it's really hard to explain. Maybe it's just grown on me. But for for the Everest, I like it quite a bit. If we go to if I can find an image of the profile here of the new SUV. If actually I have to say, if there's one thing I don't quite like about the front end of the new Everest, it's I guess it's how almost short the face is. And it's it's hard to explain because the Everest is going to, it looks anyway, to have good approach angle, but it's just awkwardly proportioned to me. Something's a little bit weird about it. But again, considering this is meant to be a capable SUV, that's got to, something's got to give way so that it has good approach angle. So it could be worse. It just, it almost looks like a crossover at the front to me. Not a rugged SUV, and I'm that bothers me. It really bothers me. I don't think I can find an image of a pro, of a profile of like a silhouette for this vehicle. Uh, was that one just there? No, no. There's towing. That looks good with the silver accents around the greenhouse. I like that. That's a platinum trim level. Unsurprisingly, yeah. I'm not seeing a pro uh, proper profile, proper side view. The side view, you know, I'm not liking this as much as i thought i was going to let me find another image here i'm just going back and forth here's a far away one I, I like it and i don't and i really don't know why it's sort of like a kind of a honda pilot looking vehicle to me so kind of narrow and very tall kind of like a plank i guess almost, almost like it would be top heavy almost which i mean considering it's an suv yeah but i mean top heavy to the point of not top heavy to the point of potentially being dangerous for an off-road-esque SUV. I don't know, it's weird. I'm just getting the impression that it, it looks like, it, to me, it looks like a crossover that's trying to be a tough, rugged SUV. Almost like a Honda, what was it? What was the thing that's that slotted below the Pilot not long ago? Basically, Honda's version of the Trailblazer. What was that called again? I can't remember, but now this is bigger than that, but it's almost this faux rugged design to me. It looks like, it looks like if someone at Honda said, "Hey, we're gonna take the CRV and make it look like a Pilot, but without giving it any of the capability." I don't know. I'm, I'm really confused at myself. Why, why I'm just not, I'm not liking it as much as I thought. Because I love more ru properly rugged SUVs. Because crossovers, are necessary, but I'm kind of of the mind that if you're gonna get a vehicle like this, it should at least be able to tow like. You're getting something that big. It should it should be capable. It should at least have some capability to it, which this obviously does. But 
it looks it looks like a crossover masquerading as a tough SUV to me, and that's just a bit of a shame. Bit of a shame. If we go to the interior, well, actually, if we go to the back, because I was just talking about the silhouette in the front. If we go to the back, it's got a it's got L-shaped taillights, but they're rotated 90 degrees to the right. So it's almost like a it's almost like a like an upside down hockey, like a horizontally oriented upside down hockey puck, but without the length of a hockey puck. That's kind of what it's like. Not bad looking, just you know, kind of boring, kind of dull. I mean, better comparatively better than what we've seen in the SUV slash crossover space as of late, but that's not saying much. Oh dear, and if you go to like the lowest trim level, so on the platinum, they have this slotted arrangement for the taillights. Sort of like what's a vehicle I can think of that's like that? Maybe the new Kia K5. So on the side where on the sides of the vehicle where the let's say the main units are for the taillight, it's one it's one mass it's one complete curve, it's one whole curve. What I'm getting at is it's not like serrated, it's not cut up or anything like that. It's not like a Mustang arrangement where you have three different slits or three different slots, whatever you want to call it, that makes a taillight. It's not like that. It's one it's one unit, it's one integrated, not integrated. So I've just found out something really annoying. Audacity, my, the program I use to record my podcast, has just gone all screwy, and I lost the next 10 minutes of recording. So I sort of remember where I was before I had to pick it back up and screwed it over. But basically, the very far edges of the taillight units that aren't in the tailgate, they're on the rest of the body, it's a continuous curve. And then when you get into the tailgate, oh, I went too far the other way, <laughs> Then when you get into the tailgate, you have this like NASCAR arrangement. You know the NASCAR logo? And it has those ser- quote-unquote serrated but split up squares right before the text. The Everest has in platinum trim and a few others, like the trend trim, has that design in the taillight, in the continuing taillight units in the in the tailgate. For the plat for again, for the platinum and trend trend trim and a few others that aren't shown here, right? Well, the problem is that for the lowest trim model. Let's see, yeah, for the lowest trim model, I don't know which one that is. I guess that's the, I forgot the name of it. It was a really weird name. But for the lowest trim level that I can see in the press photos, it doesn't have that. Like, you know, like the base of a hockey puck before you have the the long stick part, they actually handle, like the handle. So the base of the hockey puck where it curves. On the Everest, that's all your, that's your entire taillight on the left and the right side, not in the tailgate. That's it. And my problem is that that looks really it looks like cost cutting measures. It looks extremely cheap. It, it it looks low grade, sadly. And I get it, it's a lower trim trim model, but lower trim level model, I should say, but it's it's a really poor look. And I don't mean that in two ways. It just it looks bad. It looks unfinished. It looks like there's supposed to be something in the middle bar because on the Everest, it has an almost Lincoln Navigator-like arrangement where that where it had, you know, the 2016 Navigator, where it had that faux Dodge Durango racetrack tail lamp. It's got a very similar horizontal design like that, except it doesn't have the fake racetrack taillights. Once again, it's got more of a hockey puck look, but it's not connected in the middle because that's where the text is. And again, though, once you get beyond the base of the hockey puck where it curves and you get to the actual handle part, the long, the long part of it, they have a NASCAR-like design where it's these split serrated squares that get smaller and smaller until you get into the near middle where the Everest text is. But again, the problem is that that's on the Platinum. 
That's on, that's on the Platinum, that's on the Trend, that's on the Sport. But that's not on the base model, so it looks really cheap. So for the rear, for the rear of the car, in Platinum trim level, I'm going to give it like a 6.8. I actually like it quite a bit. It reminds me a lot. It makes me think of a lot of modern Nissans, like the Pathfinder, which you could argue makes this rear end a bit derivative, but it's got enough unique features to it that makes it slightly distinct. So I'll, I'll give it that. It's fine. But on the lower trim level models, especially what I'm imagining is the base model, no, I got to give it like a 4.7, 4.8. It just looks so unfinished. It looks really extremely cheap. It looks extremely cheap. And I think that that's probably the lowest mark I've ever given a car on one of these new car specials, 4.7. And honestly, looking at the front for the base model as well, for the base model, I got to give it like a 5. Point, not even that, a 4.9. It, it just doesn't look all that good to me now the platinum the platinum model on the other hand that looks a lot better that i'd give uh 5.8 5.9 5.9 it actually looks pretty good but i'm still not entirely sold on this face again it looks better here than it does on the on the ranger but that's not saying much i'm still not that big a fan and actually in the prior recording of this new car special before i found out that it was basically not alive i i figured out how to sum up my problem, my gripe with this new Everest is that it kind of looks like a modern version of the 2010 Ford Escape. And that is to say it looks, it's a squared off SUV or SUV in quotes, but it's a squared off crossover that's trying to look like an SUV. And that's the car this makes me think of, a 2010 Ford Ranger. And that's my problem is to anchor, to anchor that belief, that's what it looks like, a crossover. It looks like a 2010 Ford Escape. And that escape looks like a crossover trying to emulate an SUV. And that's exactly the case here with the Everest. It looks like a crossover trying to emulate an SUV. And that's sad because it actually has SUV chops, especially in the towing, in the towing department. It's, it really is quite a shame, but that's how I feel about it. Now, with that being said, once you get like the ARB off-road kit, once you get all that stuff on it, the Everest looks a lot better. Now it looks like a proper tough SUV. A bit more squared off, a, li a bit more rough and tumble, but without that stuff, it's... From a styling perspective, to me, it's just, it looks like a bit of a poser. So, from the exterior point, from an exterior point of view, all things considered, I'd give this about a six. It's not a bad looking vehicle, it's just not a tough looking SUV to me, not a properly tough SUV. Like, you know the Mitsubishi Outlander, especially like 2014 generation before Mitsubishi got their new corporate face? Give that a squared off rear and front end, and that's what this looks like. It looks like a square Mitsubishi Outlander. So again, that crossover trying trying to masquerade as an SUV, and that's why I'm just I'm not sold on it. If we go to the interior, I'd give it a... I don't remember what I gave it before, but I'd give it a 5.9. Once again, it's it's just a modern Ford SUV interior. It's a Bronco... Not a Bronco. It's a Ranger interior. And here, I'm just not that big a fan. It's... And it's weird because it has a very, as far as the dash styling is concerned, it actually looks a lot like the DT Ram 1500, the 2019 Ram 1500 to present. It's got this very similar looking vertical air vents, uh, the actual vent insert, like a grill insert, but for the air vents, they're different, but that doesn't matter. And the airbag cover and then the, and then the glove, glove box compartment seems very similar to that of the DT Ram. But for some reason, I just don't like the execution here as much. Part of it is is that it's an all-black interior, and I hate all-black interiors because they're so boring, they're so dull, almost gloomy. Even if you have like a massive greenhouse, that's so boring. 
And unfortunately, in this press image, that's what the Everest has, all black interior, so that's not great. But even the materials look a bit cheap to me. And normally, I'm of the perspective of, as long as the design is good, I can overlook some of the materi material choices. But here, it's like the design's not all that interesting, and that, and with the kind of cheap cheapness of the materials, or at the very least how it looks in the press images, my dislike for the interior is exacerbated by those two problems. They really are. I mean, if we look at the touchscreen here, it's a 10-inch, or maybe in this one, a 12-inch touchscreen. That's not normally a bad thing, because that's been normalized in the industry. The DT Ram 1500 did that really well. Here, here, it, eh, I don't like it nearly as much, because you have this weird plastic outline. I say weird, but expected, but cheap-looking plastic outline that wraps around the touchscreen itself. And then you have this bar that go that rises up to meet the bottom of the touchscreen, and it looks like a really cheap handlebar. I don't like it. I don't like it. So overall, for the dash at least, for the front passenger and driver area, six at a stretch, maybe five point seven. I just I'm not liking the execution here. I like I like the uh, air vent inserts because it looks like a grill insert, which is pretty cool. I like their vertical orientation, but it's just not that good to me. It's not that good. But, but again, going back to that DT comparison, it even has this central design element, the central bar that splits the airbag cover from the glove box compartment. Again, a very similar interior to the DT Ram. But again, materially speaking, it looks to be a bit of a disappointment. And from a design perspective, it's very, very boring. And I don't want to say that it's utilitarian because utilitarian shouldn't mean boring. Utilitarian and boring don't have to go hand in hand, but I'm sorry this is one of those cases where it's such a utilitarian interior, it's just not interesting. It's a very basic interior. It's like if you can make a modern interior dated and boring, this, the Everest, is that. I mean, hell, you have to just a square outline for the digital gauge cluster. There's no interest there. There's no intrigue. It was, it's boring. It's dull. It's not very inspired. As pretentious as that might as pretentious as that might be to say, the interior just isn't that inspired, and that's sad to me because the exterior, while arguably isn't that inspired either, the exterior is more interesting than the interior. Now that doesn't that's not to say it's a great interior, because I'm not of that of that bent, but it is a more interesting exterior than this interior. It's boring. Like the screen takes up most most of the central dash, which it would in a modern car, but there's hardly any redundant, but it's such a Spartan-looking interior. Now, from a tech standpoint, no, but it's a very gloomy-looking interior with not much fun in it. It's not a very fun-looking interior. And so overall, I have to give this thing, or I'm going to give this thing, not that I'm necessarily compelled to, outside of being compelled by my own thoughts, but this, to me, is about a 5.8 overall. The exterior is not that great, and the interior really isn't all that great. And that's probably the lowest I've ever given, one of the lowest marks I've given a new car. And I was expecting to like this more, as I had said previously. I was expecting to like this a lot more. But from a mechanical standpoint, it's very interesting and I think very capable. And from that perspective, a really good SUV. But from the intangible perspective, from the styling perspective, I'm just not sold. It looks better in the higher trim levels, which most cars do. But I mean... Like, far and away, it's actually passable in the higher trim levels, whereas in the lower trim levels, it's it leaves a lot to be desired. But as a SUV, as a sport utility vehicle, not merely a crossover, I think there's 
there's a whiff, there's too much of a whiff of crossover about it that I'm just not a fan of. Again, it's like a squared off Mitsubishi Outlander. Instead of being like a Mitsubishi Pajero, which even that looks like a crossover, but still, instead of being a Mitsubishi Pajero or Pajero or even like a Ford Expedition, it's too much like a modern, a modern escape. And for, and not that we're getting it in the US, but for those that like that car, you may like the Everest. You, you really, but I think it's too much of a crossover to me. It doesn't strike, it doesn't strike me as enough of an SUV visually. And that's, that really does let it down for me. In any case, though, what do you guys think of the new Everest? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Somewhere between, are you like me and think it's just too much of a crossover? Looks too much of a crossover rather than an SUV? Let me know in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. Let me know via the Podbean app because you can do comments there. In the meantime, though, I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please make sure to like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, I said that a little quick. Please make sure to like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Please make sure you hit the little notification bell and then all notifications that we're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't have a lot of the Podbean mobile app, hey, not a problem. Boot up wherever you get your podcast. Type in Cody's Car Conundrum and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.